It should be the best of times for shoppers. Unemployment is near all-time lows and consumer confidence near all-time highs. And yet the news seems constantly bad for retailers. This year alone, U.S. retailers have announced 7,500 store closures, picking up on last year's negative trend. It turns out Amazon is only part of the problem. I'm Alex Yule. Welcome to The Readback. Today I'm joined once again by Jack Howe, who just wrote Barron's cover story on the retail apocalypse. Hey, Jack. Hello. Some reporters are forced to go to dangerous places for their jobs. Barron sent you last week to malls. You're saying I'm not a hero. Is that, uh, you know? Not on this one. Okay, well, you know, some people would argue with you, but okay, go ahead. I accept your premise. Go ahead. So tell us, why were you actually there? I wanted to take a look at the state of the mall, and I wanted to see a few different malls. And I wanted to get outside of New York City, because this is a, a, you know, a different area than most of the country. So I went up the Hudson River a couple hours north of the city. I went to a town called Kingston, well outside of commuting distance to the city, and I saw the Hudson Valley Mall, which is a mall that I know from my youth. If you've seen that show Stranger Things on Netflix, that's set in 1985, right? which is like the heyday of the mall. Today, Hawkins is taking another step into the future with the brand new Star Court Mall. The Hawkins, Indiana mall that just opened up. That's a fictional town and a fictional mall, but it looks like the real mall from my youth. It is real to you. <laughs> my, my life is Stranger Things season three, minus the aliens or whatever they were. Families, friends, and of course, teenagers can come together to shop. A lot of these malls were built in the early 1980s, and in 1985, that was a thing to do. Go over with your friends, hit the food court, maybe buy a record or a cassette, and just wheel around the mall and see what there is to see. I mean, that was a center of social life in a lot of these places back then. Not so much anymore? Not so much at all. So at, at the Hudson Valley Mall, you walk in, and your first impression is, okay, it's it's neat. The mall looks pretty handsome. You realize what they've done is they've taken these nice historic photos from the area. There's a tugboat called Matilda. There's the uh, Bardavan Opera House. It's more than a century old, and that's now a performance space. So that's from the community. And they've covered these walls with those photos, but then you say, wait a second, something's missing here. There aren't many stores, <laughs> uh, right? These are facades, and they're used to cover all the empty spaces in the mall. But I think you take the pulse of a mall by looking at the food court. Mm. I saw nine spaces for restaurants, and only two were open. There was an East Walk, and there was a Savannah, something called a Savona's or Savannah's Pizza. But all those other empty stalls, and to me, that's not a healthy pulse. So Sounds depressing. Depressing, but there's a future there. On one end of the mall, you've got a cluster of healthy tenants. You've got a Best Buy, you've got a, a Dick's, and you've got a Target. Now, if you go further south, first of all, you go past a few dollar general stores on the way, and that's where a lot of people are shopping. There's tremendous store growth there. It's the biggest store opener in the country right now. You come to the Newburgh Mall, which is much worse, really. The only remaining. That's where things got dangerous. <laughs> That's where things got tough. The only remaining anchor is a Sears. It feels like we've been going through these store closing for years now. I mean, how much further do we have to go? I don't think we've done nearly enough. We called Japan a country of zombie banks in the 1990s, and that was true. We're a nation of zombie stores right now. We haven't dealt with it. So this year, we're probably going to have 12,000 stores close across the U.S. That's compared with closer to 7,000 last year. We're already above last year's total and it's and it's barely halfway through the year 
we might continue that pace for another 10 years. I mean, this could really be the backdrop of the next decade of retail, but it's not going to be a retail apocalypse. It's going to be every year we're talking about, oh, I, I, I used to love that chain. I can't believe they went bankrupt. I can't believe those hundreds of stores are closing. The bottom line is there's going to be a big shakeout in America for malls. Most are going to fail and close and probably be turned into something else. A few are going to survive just by lucky demographics. And that's also going to happen for many other kinds of freestanding stores. So when we think about these malls, I mean, is the problem that Americans just no longer are spending enough money? Actually, retail spending is quite good right now. It might increase 3.5% this year. It was up over 4% last year. They're spending. There is a shift toward Mm e-commerce, but maybe not as much as you think. I mean, e-commerce is about 16% of spending right now. Of course, Amazon is a big deal, but Amazon has 6% market share in retail. We think it's going to grow very well over the next several years and eventually catch up with Walmart, but it's not quite there yet. Amazon has not gobbled retail. What has happened is that we have built too many stores. We are incredibly overstored in America. We've got 23 square feet of shopping space for each person in the country. The UK has four. Now, I don't know if four is the right number, but I know it's not 23 based on the number of empty stores I've seen. We built with, on the one hand, a very free market kind of approach, right? And we went into all the best markets and built malls back in the early 1980s. And then we said, well, boy, this is going so well. What if we went into the markets that aren't quite the best markets and we built malls there too? And the ones who didn't want to build said, I'm not going to let my competitors go first. I better get there before them. And we built malls in places that we shouldn't have. And so now we're left with far too many stores. When you look at Europe, they're pretty careful about the ratio of shopping space to the population there. They tend not to overbuild like that. When you look at Asia, their retail moment, the rise of their favorite stores has really happened during the e-commerce age. So they're digital savvy players from the start. They don't have this issue of all these legacy stores. And you hear from a lot of the, the management for these struggling retailers saying, well, we're in turnaround mode. Give us another year. Give us another two years. Here's what we, how we fix it. You're not quite buying that. It's a, it's a really important question for investors. Right now, unemployment has rarely been lower. The backdrop for consumers, consumer confidence, has rarely been better. The good old days in retail are happening right now. So I, I would call this the era of no excuses. If you're a retail investor and you're hearing stories from management of one of the stocks you own and they're saying, you know, hey, just hang on with us for a little while longer. We've got a good plan. We just need to execute this and that. No way. I need to see (laughs) same-store sales rising. I need to see traffic growing. I need to see the right things happening because things are, you know, that next recession is coming. I'm not saying because it's it's right around the corner or we're doing the wrong things. I'm just saying recessions happen. They're They're inevitable. This expansion won't last forever. And when that recession happens, it's going to be that much harder for these companies to turn things around. If you're not growing traffic, you've got a few choices of things you need to do right away. And they're all really expensive. None of them are great right off the bat for investors. You've got to spend, basically. you got to spend on CapEx, where you're remodeling your stores or putting in new technology. Or you've got to spend on inventory, where you're trying to stock more of the things that customers want to buy. 
or you've got to take a hit on your margins and lower your prices because you're not giving good enough value. None of those things are, are things that stock investors tend to respond happily to. Let's take a step back into that mall and just walk us through some of the stores that you think are still going to survive, may even thrive going forward. I tell you what, I'm going to do you a favor here. I'm going to buy you a pretzel at pretzel time, right? Love those. Then, then we're going to leave the mall and we're going to take a look outside the mall at some of the good choices. Some of these might happen to be in the mall, but we're not going to find much there that's going to appeal to you. If they have a healthy anchor like a Target, maybe, but Target is a lot of freestanding stores. All these multi-line retailers like Walmart and Target, they're doing fine right now. They've really found a way to succeed in this store and online model. They have the money to invest in allowing people to do things like click and pick up their goods at stores. Um, They're in grocery. They found some growth categories there at the expense of a lot of the grocery stores, by the way. So stores like that, I think you can do fine. You'll do fine in a Home Depot. Whether or not we're in a little bit of a soft patch for home purchases right now, the more important point is that the long-term fundamentals for housing are strong. And Home Depot is actually a pretty, for a company that sells lumber, it's pretty digitally savvy. Buy the lumber online, pick it up in the store? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, An operation you might have heard of, it's called Amazon.com. Obviously, they're doing quite well. One analyst I spoke with said he expects to see Average purchases per prime user go up from $2,500 today to $4,000 in just several years. And that's when they'll probably reach that 10% market share that Walmart has. And so those two will be the undisputed uh, champions of retail. I think you can do fine, though, with a, a company like Costco that has found a winning strategy the fact that they, they don't need to sell everything. They can focus their buying power on a curated selection of goods and offer things at a deep value. And they have a membership model that works. Memberships really do wonders. If you can get people to pay for a membership, you're really on the right track to get, getting them to continue to shop with you. Pure profit. Pure profit. The department stores, I, I can't imagine there's a good reason to go into department stores right now. Look, J.C. Penney, that's where I bought my school and church clothes when I was a kid. Well, my mom did anyhow. It was play clothes at Sears, you know, tough skin jeans and whatnot, and it was church clothes at J.C. Penney. When I look in these stores, they're empty. The financial results reflect that, and I sit there and I think, what's the need for that store in this place? More often, it's there just because it's always been there, and they're hanging on. So, And there are stores like that that are hanging on. Bed Bath & Beyond, one analyst I spoke with said, you should think of that stock as almost like an option on how much longer that company is going to be around. And that's a tough statement, right? I'm not suggesting they have any kind of liquidity liquidity problems. I'm saying they're in a category that is really deeply challenged right now by online, and they've got a store footprint that's just not working for them. We can also talk about brands, and all I would tell you with brands is You've got to be on top of some kind of trend where you're benefiting from innovation, something people are willing to pay for. And I think the the easiest theme to talk about is the trend toward athletic clothing. I don't know if you've noticed in the offices of Barron's. I mean, I'm a suit and tie guy, but I'm seeing an awful lot of uh, sneakers. The tie, not so much. But Well, I slip it on right before TV. But I see 
people, I see some sweatpants. I mean, or maybe, I don't know what they are, kind of hybrid kind of sweatpants yeah, yeah, yeah. that almost look businessy. Uh-huh. Is there such a thing as business sweatpants? I'm seeing some strange things there out there. There should be. It's part, it's part of athleisure, some people call it. That's not a fashion trend that's going to come and go. That is a long-term shift in how people dress. So that's good news for Nike. It's good news for Lululemon. But if you're a Ralph Lauren out there and you want to take share right now and you're, and you're not on top of that trend, you've got to take it for, from you know PVH, let's say, which owns Calvin Klein. You know, it's those two locked in a battle for market share. It's not capturing a bigger part of a growing pie. So look for brands that are on some sort of larger societal trend. And look, we should also just mention, beyond the things that are happening now, we can we can see the writing on the wall for the future. We can see that millennials are spending less money on stuff and more money on experiences. So stores have to figure out a way to keep those younger shoppers happy. We can see the rise of the sharing economy. And right now that's, you know, cars and hotel rooms, that sort of thing. But Hey, there's companies out there trying it with furniture, you know? Right. You pay them a monthly subscription, they'll send you some furniture. When you're tired of it, send it back and get some new stuff. That's different from what we do. I mean, who whoever heard of that? Now, I don't know if that'll catch on, but maybe that's the next industry to be disrupted. What happens to all these malls a decade from now? I think most of them close, but I don't think we necessarily lose the shopping in those areas. I'll I'll give you examples from the malls I saw. The Hudson Valley Mall, I cannot imagine, can continue in the condition it's in. But someone is making an effort to keep that mall looking good. And that someone's the developer who bought it a couple of years ago for about $8 bucks. And they haven't said what their plans are, but that developer has a record of demolishing some of the enclosed mall space at a mall, but sticking with a cluster of stores that are doing well. And in this case, you've got Targets, Dick's, and Best Buy, and they're all right next to each other. And you know, maybe that movie theater. So maybe you maybe you put those things together in some kind of outward-facing shopping center, right? So you so you give people something that's still there. At the Newburg Mall, I I just don't. That was bought too by another developer. So maybe I'm not seeing the potential there. But I cannot imagine that there is good potential for that space. What I can maybe someday, man, and maybe it's residential. What I can tell you is that that town is being actively pitched on a big parcel of land directly across the street from the mall. And what that developer says they want to build is a mix of retail space, family apartments. They want to have medical services. They want to have a performance space. And they want to have walking trails that connect to a nearby park. I mean, the mall I grew up in in Bethesda, Maryland, is is gone and has been or is going to be replaced by just that. Yeah, when I went to the mall as a kid, if sunlight was hitting your face, you were doing it wrong. Malls were not about walking trails. This, these were not mixed spaces. Get get a soda, walk around slurping that thing, see what there is to buy, maybe buy nothing, maybe buy something. I mean, that was the whole point. We're a long way from your childhood, Jack. <laughs> and, uh, you know, heading over to the arcade with a pocket stuffed with quarters. But, you know, that's... This is the new version of what people want to do and where they spend their time and take their families. This is the modern mall. It's an outdoor space. It's a mixed space. Right. And it's going to be more relevant in people's lives. So that's some hope. If not for the Newburgh Mall building, at least for that town, it's good to see that there is interest in building store space there. Well, that's a good optimistic note. Thanks so much, Jack. Thank you.
To read Jack Howe's cover story on the future of retail, check out the latest issue of Barron's or, as always, barrons.com. I'm Alex Ewell. The Readback is produced by Meta Lutzhoff. The show will return next week.